need to live expectant. Expectant for God to do something today, maybe that we didn't see him do yesterday. Expectant to see him do something tomorrow we haven't seen him do today. Because God has way more for us to experience. There's more freedom for us to live in. There's more liberty for us. There's more power for us to experience uh, than, than we can ever imagine. And I want to read from Luke's Gospel, uh, Luke chapter 1. We get a little bit of the story of the birth of Jesus being communicated. This is what's going to take place. And a particular lady that he speaks to, who's going to become a very important part of that. And we don't have statues of her in the church, and we don't look at her that way. But we see every person as important to have a place in God's plan uh, to bring uh, humanity to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And this angel is communicating with Mary about what she is to expect. He says, and listen, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is now the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing is ever impossible And I love the way the Amplified puts it here. It says, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. No word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. You know, God's God's word is so powerful. And any word from God is always possible for fulfillment. And if you're hanging on a word from God, you know, you need to be able to understand and hear the word of God. And uh, so, I'm so blessed. We're so blessed as a church that we are, we're able to hear from God. Now, Suzanne this morning hears from God. And it's a word in season for somebody or some people this morning who are in the house of God. And it, will, it is with power. And it is possible for fulfillment. Then Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to what you have said. And the angel left her. And we're all familiar with that scripture, I'm sure. If you've, if you've been around a little while in church and you've been in church at Christmas time, you'll have heard that scripture. If you've certainly been in this church, you'll have heard that scripture. Uh, and that, that word, and I've read this before, I'm sure, uh, many a times, particularly there from the Amplified, where it says, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Wow. <laughs> you could say this is the most bizarre story ever told of the birth of Jesus Christ. It's a, it's a story, it's something which we're celebrating this, this season of the year. It's a story that, That this expectant Mary gets spoken to. It's a story that in many ways we expect it, but we not, don't always interpret it for the life-giving you know, revelation that it gives to us. It's powerful. Now we're looking at this story from 2,000 years on with the benefits of knowing all that has come after it. But Mary is living this story real time. She's, she's there with no, with no Bible that we have, no church like we have to sit in, no, nothing to Google. Nothing but, and, she, and this angel turns up 
this 12-foot angel turns up and starts speaking to her. And, and she is, wow. And we read it as a nice story. She is seeing it as a life-changing encounter with the God of heaven. And we have, we have the easy part. We have this little comfortable story of, of Jesus being born and laid in a manger. And the shepherds come visit him. And the, and the wise men come and visit him, bring him gifts. But she is living this in the day and age of her life. And, and since she's just a young girl. And this angel just turns up. And you know how shocking would that be? She's this young and insignificant woman. She's used by God to change the course of history. But you know, it couldn't happen to anybody. Anyone can hear from God. Anyone can hear from God. And and anyone can respond to God. And anyone can change the history of their life. If we don't find Jesus, we are going to a lost eternity. But if we do find him and we accept him as Lord and Savior of our life, we change our history. We change our story. God is a story changer. Mary was just this young girl. Uh, you know, just she had, she had a boyfriend. She was hanging out. Check, they were checking each other out. They were going together. And then this angel turns up and delivers this message to her that changes not her life, but the life of those yet to come. Changes your life. Who knows the lives that we can change? If we respond to the voice of God and say, let it be to me according to your word. For no word from God is without power. No word from God is without power or impossible of fulfillment. Come on, if you've got a word from God, believe that it's not without power. And it is not impossible of fulfillment. It's possible for fulfillment. And this, and this, and this, and this, this angel, as you say, could have turned up to anybody, but it turns up to Mary. But there was something about, about, about this Mary, about this young girl, that maybe God couldn't find in anybody else. Luke chapter 1, verse 28 through 31 says, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considering what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and ye shall call his name Jesus. What, what an introduction. What a message. What a voice. What a word that she was receiving. And the change that was about to happen was the weirdest thing for anyone, if you like, to get their head around. Now, God spoke with Mary as he does with us, but maybe in, of course, different ways. I believe we need to be a people who wake up to his voice. Who can wake up to the voice of God. You know, we can read the word and uh, sometimes we just read it glibly and we just receive it because many times we just know so much of it. Maybe God's speaking to us afresh through his word every day. We need to wake up to his voice. 
See, if we are deaf to the voice of God, we'll miss the assignments that he has for us. Mary was tuned to recognize the voice of God. She was tuned to recognize the voice of God. And she heard the voice of God. And then what does she do? She has the audacity. She has the sheer audacity to take God at his word. Oh, if more of us would have the guts to take God at his word. Instead of trying, you know, trying to work it around to fit our frame of reference that we're living our life from. We, we receive the word of God, but then we, so often we, we fit it into this frame that we're living our life in. The boundaries that we've already set ourselves or the lack of them. And we, we adjust it for it to become convenient. And I believe we miss out on so much of what God wants for us. So much of that what is expectant. Mary, of course, was tuned to his voice and she had the guts, the audacity to take God at his word. And the magnitude of her assignment was totally beyond her natural thinking. Church, I believe God has things for us to do that are way beyond our natural thinking, our natural understanding, our natural experience so far in life. He has way more for us. Let me read Galatians, um, sorry, Ephesians 3 and verse 20. But let me read it from the Amplified Bible. I have to read it because I can't remember it from the Amplified Bible. <laughs> It says, now to him who by, in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly far above and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Infinitely more. That's powerful. See, what God has for us is way beyond our current experience, our current understanding, our thinking. However we think about ourselves, God thinks higher. And we think about ourselves and we see ourselves in our natural understanding. But he sees us raised up with him. He sees us seated with him in heavenly places, above, high above everything. He sees us completing. He sees us with our potential. That's why we're able to know that and say that now unto him who is able to do exceedingly. And abundantly, beyond what we can ever think or ask, according to the power which is working within us. And Mary, Mary tuned into this. And her assignment that she had was playing this part in the saving of mankind and bringing us back to our relationship with God. And God's working there on her and he, she's receiving it. But of course, he's working somewhere else as well. Because she had a boyfriend. She was actually engaged to be married. 
to somebody. And this angel is telling her that she's going to conceive without even knowing her boyfriend, knowing her her husband. And the stigma that she would carry with that and the rejection that she would receive, she would have to handle somehow. But now under him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly, beyond what we can ever think or ask, according to the power which is working within us, which was working within her. Look, of course, what God spoke to her boyfriend. Oh, Mary, she's going to be, she's with child. And oh my, oh my gosh. But of course, he wasn't any boyfriend, was he? He wasn't any fiance. He wasn't any person she was just about. She wasn't just the guy off the street. The last one left in the rack. <laughs> After all her friends had got hooked up. He wasn't just any boyfriend. He wasn't just any young man. He he was a boyfriend who had a pretty impressive ancestry. (laughs) His name was Joseph, and part of his name was Joseph, the son of David. Romans chapter 15 and verse 12 says, And again Isaiah says, There shall be a root of Jesse. And he who shall rise to reign over Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall hope. He wasn't just any young man. He was a young man with an ancestry. And so behind the scenes, you see that God is working on alignments to bring assignments into place. He's working behind. He's been working for a long time. You know, God's work has been working for a long time on your behalf. And when we say yes to him, that which we, he has been aligning all sort of comes into place. That which he's been putting in place over the years and the generations all starts fitting into place when we say yes. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of people in this world who never say yes. And a lot of what God has done uh, in the past to bring things about doesn't get to happen. Because our response to him is the key to fulfillments coming, to, coming about. So, you know, I'll tell you, church, if you are seeking after the things of God, he is working for you. He is working on your behalf. And you may not have seen it yet, but if you're seeking after the things of God, you've you got to be sure and you've got to know that he is working on your behalf behind the scenes. You know, it may have been, may have been generations years ago. But doing things in part of preparation to bring you to here for such a time as this. See his kingdom come and his will be done through you. He doesn't do things by chance. Doesn't do things by chance. God was working on this assignment. See, God had appeared to Joseph. And told him something which was out of this world. But while he thought about these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, Mary, for your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. 
is of the Holy Spirit. It's not just something which is taken magically. or It's of the Holy Spirit. It's of God. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He will save mankind from their sins. See, if you're a Christian, you have an assignment. I believe we all have an assignment. If you like, save people from their sins. Point people to Jesus. It may may sound a bit daunting, but it's truth. See, we have an assignment to help people who are far from God come near to God. And we can all do that. We all have that ability. We have an ability naturally. There are things we can do naturally, but now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond we can ever think or ask, according to the power which is working within us. Within us. We have an assignment. Isaiah prophesied, didn't he? He says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them the light has shined. We have an assignment. It's amazing what people will get involved in to save. Amen. The whale, the fish, the bird, the planet. Whatever. We'll get involved in all sorts. We'll get involved in all sorts of things to save something. And yet sometimes as Christians, we forget that we're here to help people save their see their souls saved. Just a, was it a few weeks ago, the children in need appeal goes off. And people do funny things, silly things, and and just get 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 doing all sorts of things. But, Thousands, millions, is it millions of pounds come in for very worthy causes that change lives. And that is good, that's powerful, and it is needed. But we sometimes we will get behind that. Well, those closest to us are going to hell in a handcart. Sometimes if, if we can get as passionate about seeing souls saved as we can sometimes about seeing some other things saved, we could change some things, I believe. We could change some things. I believe, you see, we should be doing all we can to live at the center of a move of God. This, this event had been spoken of, but nothing like it had ever been experienced before. And God was preparing these people for, he was preparing Mary and he was preparing Joseph for this great move of God, this great incarnation of God himself. You know, who knows what God is looking for you to say yes to? To bring about a move of God's. God is looking for yes people. People who are living lives that create an atmosphere of expectancy. 
Churches that position themselves against all odds to create room for God to do something significant to change people's lives and the landscape of their world. Looking for churches that are expectant. Not just churches that turn up and do church and go home, but churches and people that are expectant for God to do something that will change the lives and the stories of people's lives in their world. See, an atmosphere of expectancy is more than just unrealistic hope. Some people live in unrealistic hope and they call it faith. But it's faith, faith in God's words. The sort of faith that Mary had said when she said, you know, I'm going to take your word at its face value and I've got the audacity to believe it. Because no word from God is without power. Amen. Or, or, or is impossible to bring to fulfillment. It's powerful. See, what is this atmosphere of expectancy? And I've, 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 spoke, I've said this before because I've got it highlighted here. It is a confident demonstration of faith in God's word that creates a necessary breeding ground for miracles. What is this atmosphere of expectancy? It's a confident demonstration, a demonstration of faith in God's word that creates the necessary breeding ground for miracles. Church, we need a breeding ground for miracles because the world needs to see miracles. The body of Christ needs to see miracles. Things that we cannot explain only other than they were God's. We need to create a breeding ground for a move of God. For with God nothing is ever impossible and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. See, not everybody believes that. Not everybody believes that, but Mary did. She, she believed it. She believed it and she ran with it. See, Mary was an ordinary young woman before Christmas, but she had the audacity to take God at his word. She was just, she was just a young girl before Christmas. <laughs> but she took the audacity to believe God, taking him at his word, and everything changed. God's looking for ordinary men and women who believe the word of an extraordinary God. See, don't forget, church, we partner, we covenant with the God of heaven himself. What does, what does covenant mean? It means that we are, we are one, that we are together, that, if, if, that if, if you're in covenant relationship with somebody, if they need something which you have got, you do it, you supply it. We are in a covenant relationship with God. A covenant relationship. That was demonstrated when he hung on a cross for us and shed his blood for us. And we remembered that this morning. And the Bible is full of these sort of people who live in this atmosphere of expectancy. See, don't ever think that your situation is impossible for God to turn around. But if we live in an atmosphere of expectancy... God sees that, and God responds to it. Now think of Joseph. He spent 13 years being pushed around all over. The, the other Joseph, by the way, the one who had a coat of many colors. He got thrown into a pit, thought everything was... His brothers tried to destroy him, but he lived with an atmosphere of expectancy. He didn't stay in the pit for very long. He went to Potiphar's house, but he lived in an atmosphere of expectancy. 
He, may, he, he got accused of stuff in Potiphar's house. He ended up in prison. But he still lived in prison with an atmosphere of expectancy. You see, just because you woke up in prison doesn't mean to say you're going to go to bed in prison. Hello? Yeah, he woke up in prison but went to bed in a palace. But why? Because he lived in his atmosphere of expectancy. He, he, he lived in a prison cell like no prison cell ever you'd ever imagine. But he lived in his atmosphere of expectancy. And there's so many other examples in the Bible of people who live in that atmosphere of expectancy and take God at his word. Who, 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 who believed the children of Israel when they came to the Red Sea? They one, one morning they're waking up and they're looking at the Red Sea in front of them. The next day it's behind them and their enemies are being drowned. Why? Because they lived in this atmosphere. Or at least Moses led them with an, atmos- with a, with an, with an, with an atmosphere of expectancy. See, everything can change when we take God at his word. Everything can change. See, Mary positioned herself to be called favored by God. And favor comes to those, the Bible says, who know their God. Luke chapter 1 and verse 30 says, Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. How did you find favor with God? How did you get to that place? It doesn't just happen, but it comes from a place of intimacy. It comes from a place of knowing God and being intimate in that place and responding to him. We find favor in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 1 through 4. It says, my son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace, they will be added to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you, but bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and men. See, God is looking for people to favor. He can use anybody to experience miracles. He can use anybody to experience miracles in their life. He's looking for people to favor. As Romans 11 verse 29 says, For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Peter fairly exploded with this good news. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open from the message. (laughs) Peter basically exploded. (laughs) He was so excited. See, anyone can have the audacity to believe God. See, many people, we never think beyond our own limitations and our own abilities or our own thoughts and our own experiences. But Mary, she didn't compromise because compromise complicates. (laughs) When we start compromising God's word, it gets complicated. And God doesn't want us to be complicated. He wants us to take simple faith, simple word, believe it, and see it come to pass. When you start compromising your faith in the God of heaven, it gains momentum and you find it difficult to stop. See, compromising, you compromise something, you've got to compromise something else. If you just, remember when you were a kid, you started telling a lie? You've got to tell another lie to cover that, another lie to cover that, another lie to cover that, and you just, just may as well just said, told the truth. Then they wouldn't have had the spank and gone to bed early. 
Well, you wouldn't do that now, would you now? Maybe go to bed early. But not chased up the stairs with a stick. <laughs> God is good. <laughs> oh dear. See, when you start compromising the word of God, you have to compromise something else to compromise that, to cover that, to cover that, to cover that. Just take God at his word. Let it be to me according to your word. See, the Bible says Abraham believed, believed God and it changed his life and the life of a few people to come. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He believed God and it changed things. He didn't compromise it. See, it's easy, it's, it's easy to believe God or in church or with the 12 foot angel standing over you. But what about when he leaves? When the music stops and everyone's gone home and you're on your own, the internet's down, what do you do? You do the word. You believe God. You believe God, the angel goes. She's just on her own. There's no one else there. She's got this word burning on the inside of her. She's, she said, yes, let it be to me according to your word. What does she do? She mixes with people of like faith. Do you like Dave's t-shirt he's wearing this morning? Iron sharpens iron. You know, iron sharpens iron. You know, when she's got a word like that, she runs to somebody who she knows has got a similar word or similar faith. Because then she says, your relative Elizabeth, she, she is, she's an ancient relic. They've even called her barren. She's been labeled as being barren. She's old. There's no life left in her. And her husband, Zachary, he's old as the hills. And yet she's conceived and she is going to have a son. So she mixed with people of like faith. The Bible says she rose in those days and went with haste to the hill country, to a city of Judah, and entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. You know, what level of people do you run to? What level of people do you run to when you've got a crazy, seems like a crazy word? You know, sometimes we, we run to those most stupid people who will compromise that word and try and twist it and arrange it. You know, she runs to somebody who's got a similar word, got something similar going on in her life because she knows that iron sharpens iron. And she needs her faith to be built, not to be depleted. She needs her faith to be pumped up, not trodden down. She runs into the house and she greets Elizabeth. She couldn't reach, you know, greet Zacharias because he'd been struck dumb because he was so, 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 so cautious. He was so doubtful that this could ever happen. That you know, no, I don't want any crazy word coming out of his mouth. Sometimes it'd be good for. Good for God to shut us up. Just to not, just. Because he knows that what's going to come out is going to be doubt. It's going to be fear. Could be compromise. Could be grizzling. Could be, oh, I thought we, you know, I thought we were getting into some retirement, had some time. Now we're going to have kids. And if we've got kids, that means we've got grandkids. And. <laughs> Now God closed his mouth because God didn't want anything negative to come out of that mouth. So she runs. See, there are people who are known by God. 
They were both righteous before God. You see, you know, the Bible says, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Goes to the right people. You know people by their friends. You know people who they hang out with. relationships will hold you, or relationships will promote you. So she goes to the right place, and she had the audacity to, to just keep herself pure. She had the audacity to go to the right people, live right before God, and God was able to use his position for that. She was a candidate for a move of God. See, you're, you're, you're a candidate for the move of God. You're a candidate for the move of God. Where do you need God to move? We're candidates for the move of God. We're candidates, candidates to be expectant of God to do something in our life. And just like Mary, we can position ourselves to receive. We can position ourselves to live like she lived and to hear what she heard and to respond the way she responded. Church, if this is the day the Lord has made, he can do what he did then, today. He can do what he did then, today. They were expectant. God's looking for people to say yes. He's looking for people who can trigger a move of God. Who can do something that just causes a change in history. Where do you need to see things change? You know, what impossibility to you does God want to make possible with him? Have you allowed him to change you? Have you allowed him to change you? See, you're born again. You love God. Have you allowed him to change you? You may say, well, I'm not positioned like Mary. God is never going to speak to me. You know, I'm not even, I don't even believe God. Why would God speak to me? I'm not even a Christian. I never experienced what you're talking about. It doesn't sort of fit with me because I'm I'm not a believer. Well, that is the very reason that he came. That's the very reason that he came, so that you can receive him and you can make him Lord of your life and you can position yourself to be in that place where you can say yes and be part of a move of God. To be part of a move of God. See, he came, that's the reason that he came. John chapter 1 and verse 11 says, He came to his own and his own did not receive him, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, not of the will of heaven, not of the will of man, but of God. And today, each and every one of us, we can be born again. We can be born of God. We can become that new creation and live in that atmosphere where we can say, okay, we're expecting for God to do something. How many of you need to see a move of God? How many of you say, I, I need to see God do something. I need God to do something. I'm, I'm positioned, I'm ready, and I'm willing. I could do with God doing something for me to make my tomorrow better than my today. Maybe you love God. You're like Mary. You know, you're serving Him. You love God. But there's something God wants you to do. Maybe you're living with a word. Anybody living with a word that hasn't yet come to fulfillment? That's two of you. Oh, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Some of you need a word. 
some of you need a word. Because no word without, is without power or is with impossible to be come to fulfillment. No word from God is without power. Each and every one of us, church, I believe that there's a, there's a word which you need to hang on to. You may have got weary of holding on to that word because that word, you never saw it come to, come to fruition. And you got tired of it. How many of you got words that you've never seen come to fruition? Oh, yes, I had a word, but I've never seen it come to fruition. How many of you believe there's more for you that God has for you than you're experiencing right now? Well, then God's got a word for you. He's got a word for you. Let's stand on our feet. But I pray for every person that we be a people like Mary who are able to position ourselves that you would re- we would receive your word today and Father, that it will, that does not return void, that it does accomplish that for which it is sent. And Father, I pray that those words which we are holding, I prophesy they will come to fulfillment. They will come to fulfillment. Come on, some of you are thinking of words right now. The Holy Spirit's revealing some words to you that you haven't seen. You had them a long time ago and you haven't seen them come to fulfillment. You've even forgotten about them. If you had an old-fashioned Bible with you this morning, you'd find that if you opened it, there would be more things underlined in that Bible of yours that, that you'd forgotten all about because God spoke a word to you. Can that ring true to anybody this morning? A word that God has spoken to you that hasn't yet come to fulfillment. Jesus. For no word from God is without power or is impossible for fulfillment. Come on, say that after me. For no word of God is without power or is impossible for fulfillment. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I say unto say to God this morning, let it be to me. According to your word. And now the angel's gone, but you've got that word. Now come on, run with that word this morning. Do what you need to do to run with that word. Come on, run with it, run with it, run with it. Take it. It is, it is from God you receive it, and it is not without power. And it is not impossible of fulfillment. Because it's a word from God. It's a word from heaven. And the Bible says the words from heaven do not return void, but they do accomplish that for which they are sent. But I speak over these words this morning, those, these promises that people are holding on to today, the visions and dreams that are being held on to today. The word of God come forth this morning in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. There's somebody here this morning who says, I don't even know Jesus. I'm not even a born again believer. I don't know who you are, but you're here this morning and you're saying, I I can't be that. I can't position myself like that because I can't honestly say it. I'm born again of the Spirit of God. That I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. But this morning, I want that to change because I want my life to change. I want to get out of this place where I am and into what God has for me. I recognize that God died on a cross for me. It wasn't just a little baby that came in a manger and, and was born in Bethlehem and grew up, but he was a son of God. And he came into this world for me to die on a cross eventually and set me free to be who he made me to be. Well, every head is bowed and every eye is closed. If that's you this morning, if that's you this morning, say, I want to become a Christian today. I want to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life. Well, every head is bowed, every eye is closed, nobody moving around, just very quiet, just for a moment. Just raise your hand right where you are. I want to see your hand. 
Anybody else? I see your hand. Anybody else? It's anybody else. I don't want to go. Anybody else? Come on, is there anybody else? Just one last time. Anybody say, I want to become a Christian this morning. I want that that life in God. Just one last time. Anybody else? Let's all just pray this prayer and pray it with that gentleman this morning and say, Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I recognize that you came into this world as more than a baby, but you came in as a son of God to bring me new life, to give me a future. I recognize you died for me. I accept you as Lord of my life. Come into my life right now. For I confess with my mouth what I believe in my heart, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Amen. The Word of God will come forth for you in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for your presence here this morning. Is anybody here this morning who needs to see the Word manifest in their life in the form of a miracle? Need to see something change this morning. You need a breakthrough.